unscripted, unbound, unconditional. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. I'm Mindy. I'm Nicole. And we are the hosts of The Well Unfiltered podcast. Where each episode you'll hear unscripted faith stories that will make you think. Unbound life lessons that will crack you up. I'm talking adjust your waistband laughter. But most of all, unconditional grace and love that will help you connect to God and to other women. Welcome to The Well Unfiltered. Well, welcome to the well, season two. Woohoo! We made it. We made it. I think. Well, first of all, I'm Mindy. If you're just joining us, and I'm Nicole. Welcome. But we are, I think, living every podcaster's dream because we are on a second season of yes. our show. Yes. And we have the data to prove that it is not just our immediate family listening yes. to the Amen. words that we have to say. Amen. Yes, that's true. We have. I don't know the right numbers right now because they're just growing it's exponential someone right now in another country is downloading the well and and sharing it with like 50 of their friends right so and that's what we want other people to do right yes so follow us Mm -hmm. on facebook and instagram Instagram, youtube all of the things Mm -hmm. all the socials yeah Yeah. and share it with someone that you love but we are glad that you're here for our second (laughs) season because we're really excited about what we're talking about in the second season it is going to be all about relationships yes relationships of all kinds the good the bad the challenging yes i was going to say ugly ugly. thank you i tried i tried to reframe (laughs) that you know but today we're going to start with a relationship that feels like it's maybe our most important but sometimes neglected yeah which is our relationship with ourself Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. so you know as we were talking about this our relationship with ourself we actually both zeroed in on our kids so fun fact they may not know this yes our two youngest children are one day apart yeah that's true yes they are born one day apart from each other we are in it together. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. And we did not know each other when they were born. No. So it is kind of weird to think that, like, when I was having Isabella, that Reese had come into the world. I know. Just, yes. Yeah. It was meant to be. It was. That's what it was. Indeed. Yeah. yeah. But <laughs> so we were talking about our kids and how they seem to have no issue with talking about their relationship to themselves. They have not forgotten that this is an important relationship. Yeah. And so when I put Reese to bed, my five-year-old, we, I will say, Reese, who do you want to pray for? And now that sounds so holy, but full disclosure, he tends to point to the zebra picture on his wall and say that <laughs> he talks about his blanket. So I have to like prompt him a little bit and say, no, people, Reese, right. people, who right. are we praying for? And he'll name some people, but then every single night he will say, and me. <laughs> and I love that because I'm like, yes, it is good to pray for yourself and remember mm, that. Yeah. And you said you've had a similar thing with Isabella, right? I have. And maybe it's their proximity and age mm-hmm. or, or something. But I, if you have kids or you have kids in your orbit, at some point in their life, they're going to fill out this all about me page when they go to school or preschool. And Isabella's writing, you know, or not writing, responded to the teacher who wrote, you know, her favorite color, her favorite song, and then her favorite person to play with. And she's naming a few people. And then she said, and me, I'm really fun to play with. And when I picked her up, her preschool teacher was like, oh my gosh, let me explain this. Like she named herself, so silly. And I'm like, oh no, she believes that. (laughs) She really thinks that she is an Mm -hmm. awesome person to play with. 
And so what challenged me when I thought about us doing this series was what happens to us? It, our recent Isabella just I, well-adjusted, self-confident. I mean, they have <laughs> awesome parents, so probably. Well, that could be part of it. But then there seemed like there was something else mm-hmm. at stake that, that really was connected to our conversation. Yeah, because it does feel like at some point we lose that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know. I, I think that we could survey so many four- and five-year-olds today, and they would literally believe that they are great mm-hmm. and they are awesome. And then we go to 15-year-olds or 35-year-olds or 75-year-olds, and there would be a pause or maybe mm-hmm. a qualification or even sometimes an apology. And it really started me thinking about if we're going to have a series-wide conversation on relationships, we've got to start with this relationship with ourselves. And this question of what happens between four and five and adulthood Mm -hmm. that we can no longer say, me, I want to pray for me, or me, I'm fun to play with, or me, I'm worthy and I'm good or I'm gifted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so important. So, I mean, I guess I wonder, why do you think that this happens to us? What what are some of the, the triggers or the catalysts that, that change our relationship yeah. with ourselves? Well, I mean, this sounds really bad because I'm supposed to be a pastor, but I think the church mm. has a lot to do with it. I mean, we are, you know, we sing songs or we lift up scriptures or hear sermons about how we are supposed to be living for others. Kind of, you know, I have sung the song, I give myself away so many times that you know, is supposed to decentralize yourself or, or even some of the theology that we've been taught around, you know, this kind of false binary between our spirit, which is what's really important, and our flesh. I mean, I, I literally had a youth pastor once say that we are spiritual beings encased in flesh. Mm-hmm. Like and, it's just so inconvenient. <laughs> right. We talked about that a little bit last season too, yeah. when we talked about being embodied, that yes. there is that tension. Yeah. And I think that that then connects to, so if, if, if God's purpose in my life is for me to die to self, mm-hmm. both physically and spiritually, then it sounds oxymoronic to then say my relationship with myself is important or I am good or or I I should have a position of priority within my own life. Mm-hmm. And I think that the challenge, however, is when we don't have that, I think it inhibits our ability to have healthy relationships with other people. Yeah. <laughs> because we do have to have this healthy core and I think maybe even reframe some of our theology or faith talk around our relationships with ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's almost like we forget that God intentionally created us and, yeah. you know, wanted to do that. Yes, <laughs> yes. I mean, I think of, you know, this, this scripture in Psalm, Psalm 139, and I know everyone has it memorized. Uh-huh. Um, but yes. at verse 14, it says this, We will give thanks to you because I have been so amazingly and miraculously made. Your works are miraculous. And here's my favorite part. And my soul is fully aware of this. Now, to me, a four or five-year-old wrote this. 
because this is how they talk. Yeah. Like, I am fully great. I am fully good. And I think that what happens when we help to change the way that we talk about this in relationship to our faith, it not only helps us to prioritize ourselves, but also to prioritize the God within us at the same time. Mm -hmm. Because that scripture is saying, you know, I am amazingly and miraculously made. So you're affirming your own good creation, but also the creator at the same time. And that that's okay. And that they're I can, not competing. Absolutely. And that I think is the challenge that mm -hmm. we see them as competing. Well, it makes me think of that um, that Instagram post that I yeah. sent you this week. Um, it's from Emotionally Healthy Discipleship, which is an account that I really like following. And mm -hmm. I bought the book. I haven't read the book yet, but I'll let you all know when I read it. <laughs> but they posted this quote from Meister Eckhart, and it says, no one can know God who does not know, I'll say themselves, because... Mm. But I think that's really powerful that we can't know God without knowing ourselves. I mean, what do you think about that idea? Well, I think, you know, when that to me, that's just scriptural, right? So we talk about how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that that God knew us in our mother's wombs. And so there is this knowing of ourselves that's connected to this knowing of God. So if I fully acknowledge my creation, then I also have to acknowledge my creator. Yeah. But the challenge, I think, is if I'm also absorbing or maybe living out this theology that focusing on myself is unchristian or unholy, then I miss something about who I am, but also about who God is. Mm -hmm. And all of this takes time, right? So if I'm going to have a relationship with my four or five-year-old, I've got to spend time with them. And if I'm going to have a relationship with myself, I also have to ding, 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 spend time with myself, yeah. which sounds so indulgent, right? It, it sounds not only, I think, butts up against that Christian narrative of focusing on others, but also I think even a narrative that we're taught as women, mm -hmm. which is the ideal woman, an ideal Christian woman, is the one who's always serving others. Mm -hmm. But what if the woman who is serving others, is serving out of a place of abundance and overflowing, as you talked about uh, in one of our other episodes. And where do you get to that place of, of overflowing abundance without first sowing and filling up yourself? Yeah, and that is just so good because it runs totally counter to that narrative that it's selfish. Yeah. That to know oneself, to invest in oneself, to prioritize our own, I would say, you know, emotional safety and well-being mm -hmm. and nurturing, that's selfish. And I feel like I talk to so many women that believe that, Yeah. that think, well, this person is just taking, taking, taking from me, but I got to keep giving because if I don't, that's selfish. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, this commitment is too much, but if I say no, it's selfish. I mean, I remember in college, actually, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I got selected for some, because Oh my gosh. Like, <laughs> I'm so, waiting. I this know. is going to be so good. Some like nerdy student leadership thing. I don't know. It was a whole a whole deal. <laughs> it, but at the same time, I had said yes already. This was like the third week of school. I said yes to doing a welcome week thing and checking out this campus ministry. I had like six things on my plate because I am a chronic over committer and am working on it <laughs> to this day. But I got this email and I read it and I thought, well, that sounds cool, but I just know I can't take another thing on. So I emailed them that and said, you know, thanks for selecting me. My plate is really full, but mm -hmm. really appreciate, you know, 
the the offer or whatever. And they emailed me back and said, thanks for letting us know. We hope in the future you'll learn how to manage your time better. Mm. And I was like, what? that is literally what I'm doing in this moment, mm. <laughs> is managing my time and protecting myself. But it didn't serve you, so that offended you. Yeah. And you're trying to make me feel selfish mm-hmm. in this moment. And that, I mean, that was many years ago. Mm-hmm. But that has stuck with me, just the feeling mm-hmm. of, what it was like to put up a boundary or invest in myself and for someone else not to really like that. Yeah. And and I think that that gets even harder the more relationships and people we mm-hmm. add to our orbit. So, yes. you know, you were not married and not having children and someone was shaming you yes. for not wanting to prioritize yourself or your own time. That gets even harder as you take on these other more committed relationships and they're layered on top of them expectations of where you should fall within that order. Mm -hmm. And it is really challenging, I think, for women to say, I need to put myself and my relationship with myself first so that I can do all of these other things really well. Mm -hmm. And yet that reordering is necessary not just for the people in life that we serve, but also for our own sanity. Yes. And when it gets disordered, I think that it affects our ability to have these other healthy relationships. And not only healthy relationships with other people, but a healthy relationship with God. Because, I I mean, I notice when my cup is not full because I haven't created time and space to be with God, I am more short in my conversation. I have less of a bandwidth for challenge, and I respond in a more shrill manner mm-hmm. <laughs> because I don't have what I haven't invested in my own relationship with myself, and therefore can't flow out of that abundance. And I think what has been challenging for me as I grow in age is that investing in the relationship with myself looks different than it did in other seasons of my life. Mm -hmm. And that can be really shocking because you you may have had your rhythm of how this works and maybe it used to be, oh, I'll go have a walk and I'll listen to, in my case, you know, Kirk Franklin or Maverick City Music and I will feel connected and I will flow out of abundance and love and For me in this season, the way I'm set up, I'm not going out in this 32-degree weather. And so I have to find some other way to invest in myself. Mm -hmm. And it looks different than it would in another season in my life. And it's, it's hard to sometimes recognize that. And I don't know if that has changed for you. What does Mm -hmm. investing in yourself and your relationship look like? now maybe as opposed to earlier in your life yeah I mean I do think that there are those elements what I would call you know the Sabbath elements of having that time I mean I feel like the most controversial thing I say ever my whole ministry mom career has been that I have let my children go to daycare on my days off and every time I say that it it's like silent (laughs) so I know that's a little shocking I love my kids we spend a ton of time together but Mm -hmm. I also know some of the things that I need are solitude as extroverted as I am I love people if I don't have solitude I become a less fun person or a less lovable person maybe 
But so, so there are those elements for me and in, in knowing myself and knowing God. But one of the ways that I'm investing in myself right now um, is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm not always doing a great job of it, but I'm really committed to it. So I was reading something the other day and it was saying, you know, women punctuate their sentences by using phrases like, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. If you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And I have been really committed to stop doing that, to just let my ideas be my ideas mm-hmm. and not qualify them. Because for me, that is investing in my relationship with myself because it's saying, I believe what's coming out of my mouth. Yeah. I believe that it's quality, that I have the right to speak this, that mm-hmm. I should be in whatever space that I'm in. Mm-hmm. So that's been a maybe a less conventional way to yeah. invest in myself, but it's really important. And I will tell you, since I started thinking about that, oh my goodness, I say it so much. <laughs> and I catch myself. I was even on the phone today taught like counseling someone and I almost said it and I just like stopped I like clamped my mouth shut I was like do not say that yeah (laughs) do not do it it makes sense and and when I think of that I wonder if that would have been a different strategy years before or maybe years from now Mm -hmm. but I wonder if that's just an invitation for people that are listening to really think about what is it that you will do to invest in your relationship with yourself? And some of us move to like, okay, I'm taking a solo trip for th- like, it's got to be this big thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's this everyday intentional habit that is a cue. Okay, my for you, maybe it's my thoughts matter. Mm-hmm. And how that then flows into how you interact with other people. I, I want to sit here for a second because I think a theme we're going to talk about a lot during this relationship series is expectations. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to think about our expectations with our relationships with other people. Yeah. But we have expectations of ourselves. And when you just said, you know, some people think, I've got to go on this trip. It mm-hmm. made me think about this time I was trying to invest in myself and nothing worked. And it was like all of a a slew of unmet expectations. (laughs) So I got this Airbnb in downtown Indianapolis and I was going for two days, Mm -hmm. two nights, no kids, no people, just solo. I was Mm going to write and read and watch Netflix. It was going to be awesome. And I got through the first night. I had really good Italian food, watched a lot of Netflix, did some reading, writing. It was wonderful. And the next morning at 7 a.m., my husband called me and said, Reese is throwing up. I don't know what to do. So our son, Reese, is type 1 diabetic. So throwing up is really complicated to deal with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know what to do. Like his ketones are growing up. I I just, I need you to come home. Mm. And I just remember being like, first of all, worried, but then right. also like mad because I was like, this is my time. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be investing in myself. And it ended up, we were at the ER. I mean, mm. it was not relaxing. It was not Sabbath. <laughs> there was no sounds, Netflix. Yeah. There was bad hospital TV. It was terrible. And he was fine. And, and everything worked out. But I remember thinking, like, I'm going to have to shift my mindset on what my expectation of this looks like. Because I am not in a season right now where like leaving everything behind for multiple days works. Mm -hmm. It sounds great. I'd like to be in that season someday. That's not the season I'm in right now. And that doesn't mean I can't practice this. Yes. And I think that to me is one of the ahas of this conversation because when we don't think it can be that, whatever Mm -hmm. that is for us, 
then I find we often do nothing. Yeah, we think it can't be anything. Yes, yeah. and that is so dangerous. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was just talking to, in the United Methodist Church, there's this role called district superintendent. And they have sometimes, you know, hundreds of churches that they, they're, they're supposed to nurture. Yes. And I don't even physically understand, mm-hmm. let alone spiritually understand how that's possible. And I was talking to a district superintendent that said to me, oh, well, I take many vacations. And I was thinking like, oh, where do you go? He's like, no, 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 no. I, I have many vacations daily. And I was like, again, what? like, <laughs> I, I don't understand. And he was talking about this protected time hmm. that is an hour and a half that he either has in the morning or in the evening. And he has multiple children as well. So I'm like, again, like, tell me about this Narnia that you live yeah. in. And, he, and his children actually know dad's on a mini vacation and he's like and it might be working out one day mm-hmm. it might but whatever it is it's a time for him to invest in himself and I told him I said I am filming the well today and I'm going to talk about your mini vacations because I wonder what it would look like for us to have that daily practice mm-hmm. of sowing into ourselves when we're not in the season where we can go off to the mountaintop like Moses mm-hmm. And I think that's also been even a practice I've had to think about in my own life. For me, at this point, investing in a relationship with myself is creating and going intentionally to spaces of discovery. So, you know, I, I, (laughs) uh, you'll hear about Javon all the time. I'm married to Javon. We've been married forever. I feel like I met him when I was two and (laughs) we have three kids. And he, uh, for Christmas, got me this series of classes at Sur La Table. Now, full disclosure, I thought it was Sur La Table. Like, <laughs> I consider myself a pretty bougie person, but I was humbled. <laughs> I'm going to work that in every you episode. Do it. I know. I was humbled when they were like, welcome to Sur La Table. And I was like, I knew it was hey. Sur La Table, not Sur La Table. Okay, that's fine. So I show up at the class. And there are all these couples. I am the only single person. You can take me next. Okay. Well, here's the <laughs> thing, though. I was at, I was literally at a cooking station with like a couple. They were like trying to be romantic, and I'm like, we're sharing the station. <laughs> and it's because I love gourmet cooking. I also love cooking for others by myself. Hmm. I don't like the way Javon cooks. Javon cooks like he's in a Monet painting. I hope he is not listening. (laughs) Well, if he is, God bless you. This is unfiltered. Because he, like, throws everything. It'll be delicious. Don't tell him this. It's usually better than anything I make. (laughs) But there is a cost to that deliciousness. (laughs) And it is the way our kitchen looks. I enjoy cooking for everyone. And then I want it to be clean. Mm. And I can't even enjoy the meal if it's not clean. But you cannot enjoy a hot meal <laughs> immediately. After, like, right. you've got to give up something. Yeah. But what I've noticed is that I came home from that three-hour class, like, buzzing with joy. Like, hello, children. Shall we go out in the backyard and sing? Like, I was full <laughs> of joy because I had done something that I hadn't done before. Mm. And that I discovered something about myself that was different in that space. And that's not what I would have thought five years ago would have been investing in myself. Mm. And so I just, I think that the 
one of the things is to create and intentionally seek out situations where maybe you discover something about yourself because you are changing and growing just like the people around you. I mean, I, I think of my you know, daughter who will be nine in a few months and some of the, she gets upset when her little sister gets her clothes and I'm like, you're nine and right. you no longer fit that 3T dress or that 5X dress. And it's like, but it's, but it, it used to fit me. Yeah, it used to fit you, but it doesn't fit you anymore. So you've got to enjoy the what it served and then look at what you have that's serving you now. And I didn't always do that really well. And so I'm going to be showing up at Sir La Table by myself every couple she of said, weeks. She just said I wasn't invited. Okay. I did. <laughs> but you've, everyone has to find that thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking too, you know, we're talking about identity and how it can be this like really beautiful place of growth mm -hmm. and connection to God. But also we need to know ourselves because when, when things go awry, when things get bad, sometimes that's all we have to hold on to. So mm -hmm. I teach this class here at St. Luke's um, called Disciple Bible Study, and it is like a long-term commitment. You read through most of the Bible, and we are, I think to my class's delight, finally in the New Testament. <laughs> I mean, I love the Old Testament. You all know this. But we are reading the Gospels, and we're reading through Matthew. And I love Matthew's account of Jesus' life because there's this theme that I picked up on in my most recent reading of it, and that's that Jesus knows exactly who he is. And mm. I, that might sound kind of funny. Okay, it's like God. But he has all these people coming to him being like, you're not God. You're terrible. Mm. You're breaking the rules. And he's like, no, I know who I am. I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm going to be and how I'm going to be it. Mm -hmm. And I read through that, and I just think this is, this is a gift to us mm -hmm. and an example to us because when things get hard, we need to be so grounded in who God has made us to be that we can keep going. Yeah. Oh. I mean, think about, I'm thinking of all the I am sayings yeah. of Jesus. Not only are people constantly layering on their expectations, but then when they layer those on, even when they're positive, like, you know, let me throw down my palm branches. Mm -hmm. You are incoming king. No, I'm going to sit on a donkey and do it my way. Like, I'm right. still not, I'm, I'm going to be who I am. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it can be so challenging when those difficult moments come is because we're not only grieving maybe what happened, whatever that crisis may be, but also grieving the fact that who we thought we were isn't who we who we are. And so then what is that consistent uh, identity that we hold on to? And I think for you and I, and, and hopefully as we're listening and growing in our faith, it's that identity that we are children of God. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many other things that can shift. I think of the Nicole, I was just sharing with you earlier, Mindy, that I used to <laughs> aspire to wear you know, blazers with shoulder pads and would make my own hair into a French roll. I don't know why I wanted to be a 72-year-old woman at 12. Someday you can be. <laughs> Someday. But like, I, that's who, I don't know what, I, maybe I'm just hanging out with my grandma a lot. I, I feel like <laughs> I mean, she was fabulous. Cool. Yeah. It, 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 it was a little odd at that age. Yeah. <laughs> um, but how much I've changed since then and what actually grounds me through all of those different outfit changes, job changes, state changes. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I think that this is what will ground us through this series. Yeah. And I was recently, you know, thinking about some of my own, um, you know, decisions and trajectory in life. And I had a friend who asked me three questions that I'd really invite all of our listeners to ask themselves over the course of this series. Who am I? What do I need? What do I want? And listen to the, the response that comes up in your spirit. Honor that. Um, listen to that again because it will change. And then go and respond to those needs and wants out of the assurance of your identity. And that's really hard work that takes time. It may happen in Airbnb downtown right before your husband calls and you have to go to the hospital. It may happen around a table while you're cooking with married couples where you figure out what you need, what you want, but that grounding of who you are. Yeah. Oh. I'm going to just like sit with those questions. Oh, those are I mean, so good. The first time I was asked, I was like, what? Oh, excuse me? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I did not come for this soul-stirring <laughs> wreckage. <laughs> but that's, I mean, sometimes the most simple questions are the mm-hmm. hardest for us to answer. Absolutely. So this is a less uh, challenging I hope question. So. Yes. Uh, it's the one that we bring back every episode. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, Mindy, as you think about this, or maybe not, maybe it's something else. What's filling your well? Mm-hmm. Well, what's filling my well right now is actually reading fiction. Hmm. So I have a lot of great nonfiction that I read. I read a lot of leadership books, like too many. <laughs> but I realized a little bit ago that that, while I like to learn that stuff, it's not it's not relaxing. And I'm, mm. part of me is missing. Like I love good stories. And so last time I was at the library with my kids getting their, like, mound of books that I definitely need to return. Sorry, Carmel Clay <laughs> Public Library. Um, I picked out a fiction book for myself. Hmm. And I loved it. It was a mystery. It, I mean, there was, like, no – it wasn't deep. It wasn't – but it was just good and entertaining. And I was like, oh, yes, I love to read people's stories. And when I was done reading it, I just felt like – I just got to like live in someone else's creativity mm-hmm. for a minute. And that is good for my soul because that makes me feel more apt to be creative. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what's filling my well is just enjoying things that are are not, you know, real, that are just are good and creative. Mm-hmm. So what about you? So it's similar, but a little trashier. So that's that oh. should be normal well, in our I'm, dynamic. I will go for this though. <laughs> so here's the here's the more highfalutin part. There's a new show on HBO called The Gilded Age, and I was really into Downton Abbey, Mm. and so it's like the American version. It's still written by the same person who made Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. It is so good. Um, I love it. All of the 18th century or 19th century, whatever century clothing, Mm -hmm. it's awesome. But then... I like to watch that, but because I'm too cheap to like get all of these subscriptions, I watch clips of 90 Day Fiance, which is a TLC, I think, show. Um, but the, it comes up in my newsfeed just these one minute clips, and they are they are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like it, they are it is these are relationships that are probably we would never want to lift <laughs> up as models, and I love them so much. They are just so bad that they're good yes. 
And I highly encourage everyone to do those two things. <laughs> I, I'm just sitting here thinking, can we start a spinoff podcast that is our our TV commentary? Absolutely. Because I love some escapist television. <laughs> oh my gosh, 90 Day Fiance will take you down that hole. However, mm. that may not be what helps you in your relationship with yourself, right? right. I mean, it could be great fiction mm-hmm. or actually well-done television or trashy television. Um, but when I watch those things, or or maybe it's the same when you're reading, it's, it's what brings me back to myself mm-hmm. and what I like yes. and what I need. Yes. And that it's okay for me to like and need something mm-hmm. that doesn't serve someone else. So, you know, we're going to keep journeying through these relationships Mm -hmm. this season, but we do hope that as we start to look externally with all these people that make up our lives, that we don't forget this first relationship with ourselves. Yeah. So thanks for being with us today. We're excited for this season. Yes. I'm sure it will be peppered with more of our um, TV and movie so and music more. commentary. So, so that's the bonus. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> and we will see you back here on The Well next time. <laughs>